The Bible Study Podcast, episode 761. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Micah with chapter 2. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Micah 2 starts like this. Human plans and God's plans. Woe to those who plan iniquity, to those who plot evil on their beds. At morning's light they carry it out, because it is in their power to do it. They covet fields and seize them, and houses and take them. They defraud people of their homes, they rob them of their inheritance. Therefore the Lord says, I am planning disaster against this people, from which you cannot save yourselves. You will no longer walk proudly, for it will be a time of calamity. In that day, people will ridicule you. They will taunt you with this mournful song. We are utterly ruined. My people's possession is divided up. He takes it from me. He assigns our fields to traitors. Therefore, you will have no one in the assembly of the Lord to divide the land by lot. So God is not so happy with the people of Judah, and he's not so happy because of the evil that they plan. So not just that they do evil, but they spend some time thinking about it. They're lying in bed at night or in the morning here, and they are thinking about, what can I do that's evil? Now, I suspect if you ask them, that's not what they would say they were doing. It's never what we think we're doing. We don't wake up in the morning and say, I think I'll plot some evil. At least, I'm hoping you don't. But is it any better to wake up in the morning and say, What can I do, for instance, to get an advantage over those people? Or how can I make more money? And are there places that I can cut corners? And that sounds like what's going on here is they're coveting fields. They're coveting somebody else's land because land is the main source of wealth in this time period. And they have the power to take it. At the morning's light, they carry it out because it is in their power to do it. So one of the problems with having power, if you are someone who doesn't have power and you think about taking your neighbor's land, you don't get to do it because you don't have the power to do it. And so they are unrestrained because they have the power to take something, they take it. They take what they can take. And that could describe some of us. They, descri- they covet fields and seize them and houses and take them. They defraud people of their homes. They rob them of in- their inheritance. When we say they rob them of inheritance, remember that the way the rules work for Israel in general, especially with land, is that land belongs not just to the person but to the, to the tribe, to the people that they are from. And there were all of these things put in place in the Levitical law that caused the land to go back to the people of that tribe. And you were never supposed to buy land outright in the countryside. In the town, it was different. You could buy someone's house, but in the countryside, you were leasing it basically until the sabbatical year. And at that time, the land would go back to wherever it came from. And that's not what happened, and that's not what these people are doing. They're robbing them of their inheritance. They're taking land from people, and they're defrauding them. They're, they're cheating also. And God is not happy with that kind of behavior. And I think the problem here is twofold. One, it's that they have this desire, this covetousness. And we learn in the 
Ten Commandments, for instance, that covetousness, when you're longing for what someone else has, is itself sin, but it's also this road to other sin. That's one of the problems with this covetousness. When we look at what somebody else has and we want it, not just do we want it for ourselves, but we don't mind if we take it from them. That's going to lead to all kinds of problems. You know, jealousy itself is a sin, but also it leads to stealing. It leads to murder. It leads to deceit and all of these things that we're seeing here. And so God looks down at the people of Judah, and this is what he sees. And so he plans disaster for them. He's going to take the people's possessions and divide them up. And the people are going to say he's assigned our fields to traitors. Now, whether they're really traitors or whether God has just assigned their fields to somebody else, just when someone says, I don't know if you've noticed this, when someone says that that person is a traitor, it isn't often reality. It isn't often that that's really the case. It's often a used by us even in today as an epithet, as used by them as a way to say, I'm not happy with this situation and I don't like you. And so God may be giving this to people who are righteous, and yet the people who it's being taken from feel that they're traitors. And then continues, false prophets, do not prophesy, their prophets say, do not prophesy about these things. Disgrace will not overtake us. Your descendants of Jacob, should it be said, does the Lord become impatient? Does he do such things? Do not my words do good to the one whose ways are upright. Lately, my people have risen up like an enemy. You strip off the rich robe from those who pass by without a care, like men returning from battle. You drive the women of my people from their pleasant homes. You take away my blessing from their children forever. Get up, go away. This is not your resting place because it is defiled. It is ruined beyond all remedy. If a liar and a deceiver come and says, I will prophesy for you plenty of wine and beer, that would be just the prophet for this people. So he's talking still about the behavior, but he now he talks about the people who come and they say, I'm a prophet. And what's don't listen to Micah. Don't listen to Isaiah. Don't listen to Hosea. Don't listen to these people. You're going to have wine and you're going to have riches. You're going to have plenty of beer. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. And there are always people who will take a contrarian view. And sometimes they take a contrarian view because we are in the wrong. But in this case, God is saying, you've got a lot of people here telling you a lot of things. And they're lying. They are false prophets. These prophets who say, don't prophesy. Don't prophesy about these things. Don't talk about that. Micah, don't talk about destruction. Micah. It would go better for you, Micah, if you would talk about the things that we talk about. You could make yourself quite a prophet. And I mean prophet in the other fashion. Not prophet as in someone who is sent by God, but prophet as in you'd be much more popular and you'd make more money if you would just say good stuff. But the prophet is constrained by God. The prophet has to say what is true. And so these are false prophets. People who have risen up like an enemy. You strip off the rich robe from those who pass by without a care. You drive the women of my people from the pleasant homes. You take away my blessing from children forever. You are stealing from people. 
And it could be that we're still talking about the prophets here, that they're stealing from people with their words. We've seen that all the time. It still happens today where people will steal from the people of God with their words. They will drive the people of God in the wrong direction. They will get them to believe the wrong things. And they will do it for their own benefit. It's very important in the Levitical law, we learn to test the prophets to make sure that what they are saying is true, that is consistent with what God is saying. And so God's message to them is get up and go away. This is not your final resting place because it is defiled, it is ruined beyond all remedy. And in fact, the people of God are about to get up and go away into captivity in Babylon. That's where we are in the story of the people of God here in Micah 2. And so even when the deceiver comes and says, oh, everything is fine, there'll be plenty of wine and beer, be careful because that may be a false prophet. Deliverance promise, I will surely gather all of you, Jacob. I will surely bring together the remnant of Israel. I will bring them together like sheep in a pen, like a flock in a pasture. The place will throng with people. The one who breaks open the way will go up before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. And again, like so many of these prophecies, it ends again with this look past this time of destruction, this time of captivity, at the time of returning, this time of gathering. Because God is in the gathering, delivering, and restoring business. And God still has planned, even through this bad time that's coming, the Babylonian captivity, to shape the people of God into the people that he desires and to bring them back and to restore them. Just as God has a desire with us when we screw up to restore, to deliver, and to bring us back to him. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Scripture and brain science agree. Meditating on God's Word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's Word, listen to the Spirit, and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.